And Father God, we thank you for this day. We know about the war. The war has been here forever, Lord God. And I thank you that you have won and you are victorious. And you came, you met us, you brought us salvation. You brought us the power of truth, your heavenly kingdom. You've given us wisdom and counsel by the power of your Holy Spirit. You've sent your word. You've healed us, Lord God, and walked amongst us in the midst of us even now. And so I pray that each one who's listening today would be comforted in your goodness, in your peace, in your presence, in knowing that they're loved, in knowing that they are ready to meet you, Father, whenever that might be. And I thank you, Jesus, for giving us in the meantime power over all the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us. We give us, we give you praise and thank you for every good thing that you've given us, that you are a good God and you're good all the time. And even though things don't always go good, you are with us, you are, you are for us, you're not against us. And I thank you now for giving us the eyes to see that, ears to hear that, and that the truth of your word will not be snatched away because of the the pressure and fear and oppression of the days we live in. We thank you, Lord God, that we live in these days. We thank you and pray that those who are being called home would be ready to go. We thank you, Father, that those who are called to live will be ready to preach. We thank you and to share the gospel. We thank you, Jesus, that you're coming again. We We bind the powers of darkness. We see how they're just throwing fits everywhere. And we thank that you gave us power over all the power of the enemy. Now give us wisdom and divine protection. And may the shields of God be up around all of us that the vibrations, frequencies, and destructions of Satan cannot attack us because of your protection. We give you praise that we're here and you're faithful to keep us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, well, we really usually just dive right into the show, which we're going to dive in a minute, but I just want to take a minute in the beginning of the show to ask you guys to to spread the word, let people know about Rescue Radio, Life Recovery, the hope and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, God has been doing some really exciting things lately. Um, we've had some good conferences, lots of people getting delivered, uh, which is pretty much a, a new you know, move of the Holy Spirit all over the world, isn't that well, yeah, it's it's something that it's always been. I mean, through the ministry of Jesus, he yeah, preached the gospel. You know, he healed the sick. He mm-hmm. cast out demons. And yep. and the same thing is really, this is the right. order for the church, really. Yeah, this is it. And, and so we've been seeing that kind of order that we're not, you know, being squashed under just a whole big religious system. But yeah, we're, being delivered. <laughs> hallelujah. But <laughs> we're just, you know, doing what so, Jesus did and what he said to do. So, yeah. We're excited about these coming days because they're going to be days, I think, of of the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Word of God. So we really encourage each of you to just really tuck yourself into the Word of God. Get a system of reading. Read a chapter. Read a verse. Read something of, out of the Bible every day. Yeah, because the uh, it's the truth that sets you free. Right, exactly. Well, let's start what we're going to talk about today again liferecovery.com. Send the word, like us, um, you know, whatever all that means to, you know, subscribe, whatever, pass the word on that we're here. All right. So today we're going to be talking about, we're actually been talking about for the last month, month of March, the kind of the sufferings of Jesus, the, 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 the theme of suffering and, and that topic. 
And today um, we're approaching, obviously, the resurrection, uh, the, the great morning of his um, defeat over Satan, triumph over Satan, defeating the enemy. And so today we're going to be talking about the triumphal entry yeah, and well, what that means. Yeah, and you know, uh, what's known as Holy Week, there is so much, a lot of people don't realize, sometimes we think, okay, well, there's Holy Week, there's the triumphal entry, there's Palm Sunday, there's Good Friday, and then there's the Re- Resurrection Day. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't realize how much teaching and ministry mm-hmm that Jesus was doing all during that week. It's mm-hmm. it's just rich. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just some some of the most significant things that he ever said and did were done during Holy Week right there, just days yes, exactly. before the crucifixion. Yes. Yes. So we look at the triumphal entry today, starting there. Uh, we're reading from Matthew chapter 21. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and beginning with verse 1, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, he and his disciples, they came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, which is Zechariah. This is, and he quotes here from Zechariah nine nine. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, a mm-hmm. foal mm-hmm. of the donkey. So the disciples went and did what Jesus commanded them, and um, so basically, Jesus was fulfilling this prophecy then uh, from Zechariah to um, get the donkey. It's time to get the donkey. So there was something, I mean, this seems really kind of odd and out of character, but it's very spe- specific and significant because there's a reason for it. However, as you're reading, why would Jesus ride into Jerusalem? He had just, by the way, come from Jericho. And there, it was very interesting in the passage right before 21 of Matthew, how the two blind men saw they had a, they recognized Jesus as the, the son of David. So that recognition of Jesus as the son of David was kind of spreading through the land. Mm-hmm. They were starting to see it. And when they recognized, recognized, they recognize when you we recognize someone with your eyes usually, but they recognized him in the spirit first. Mm-hmm. And then they saw him with their physical eyes because he healed them. So that recognition in the spirit can bring physical healing. So these men had already cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes, uh, the son of David. And so this was kind of a mounting, uh, you know, thing that was happening. So this was at the beginning of the week, wasn't it? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and so. So they get the donkey and they come down with uh, the preparations and they're coming into Jerusalem, riding in. I think we think it's on a Sunday. I'm not sure it was a Sunday or I don't know what day it was that was on, but it couldn't have probably been the sabbath because they wouldn't been able to do yeah, all this it, stuff it, on the it, sabbath very likely it was you know the day after the uh, sabbath yeah um so he's coming on a donkey and we think of wow we usually think of a king i mean so he's um you know israel was looking for a king right and, and they were looking for a uh, a powerful warrior right that a redeemer, would come that a would military redeemer. yep they're mm-hmm. sick of being occupied by the romans yeah they want this oppressive Roman control. 
torn off their backs. Yeah. And uh, so they're thinking that this could be the one, even even though you, they were seeing the different miracles mm-hmm. and um, that Jesus had done, but there was not really a, an indication that he was going to Take over rulership. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. knock out the Romans right. at this particular time. Well, some of his disciples actually had wanted that, I think. Simon well, yeah, and yeah. Peter. And Simon and, the Zealot. Yeah. And he was he was a revolutionary, and he, his philosophy was the only good Roman is a dead Roman. Well, that's what we think. He anyway. was a, well. He was a revolutionary. He, <laughs> he was, was a zealot. He was, he was a, a zealot. zealot. Yeah. But the were. thing is, so you've got this combination of people who have lots of mixed anticipations of who this is. Jesus had just healed Lazarus, like maybe ten, eleven days before that. Now he's back in town. The excitement is mounting. This is right before the Passover. I mean, you know, this is people would yep. come into town several people six, are, five, six days mm-hmm, before the mm-hmm. big feast, so they could hang out with their friends and relatives and party and be excited and rejoice over a moment here and there when their lives were pretty dull and difficult otherwise. So they were in town. They were already in an excited mood, and um, the multitudes. You know, as he mounted that donkey and began to ride through the streets, you know, fulfilling the prophecy, what it really was is the first coming of Jesus. He's talking here, he's showing them Jesus uh, was coming this first time peacefully. He was coming to bring the, mm-hmm. present the kingdom, the, 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 the revelation of the kingdom right, of God. Right, because back in those days, if a king was riding into a particular city uh, on a donkey, you know he was coming in peace. He right. was not coming to destroy them. He's not coming as a big warrior. He was coming in in peace. And so this is yeah. his entry is that he's coming as a, a, a peaceful But the interesting thing king. is he's coming as a peaceful king, but they usually came riding after the victory, after mm-hmm. a war. And mm-hmm. his war was about to just, in about three or four days, his war was to be, to be yeah. had on the cross. But he knew it was already won. Yeah, and the and people he's coming to bring peace because he is—he is actually the, the prince of peace, mm-hmm. even though he is a mighty warrior. And that there's two aspects of Jesus: he's the prince of peace, and he's the uh, mighty warrior of okay. heaven and earth. So they they were g- gathering around, and people were excited, and they began to um, respond by you know shouting and praising right. and singing. And you, and you mentioned about. Uh, you mentioned about uh, uh, Lazarus in, in John chapter 12, uh, verse 12. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, that would be for the feast of, of yeah. Passover, mm-hmm. when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out saying, Hosanna. Hosanna means, you know, Lord save. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, blessed is he yes, who comes Jesus. in the name of the Lord the king of Israel. So some people were recognizing him as, as as king, and Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, and as it is written, like we read before, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. What He's coming as peace, right? Yes. Don't be afraid. He's mm-hmm. not coming as a conquering king here. He's he's sitting on a donkey's colt. And it's interesting about in the, verse Yeah, the 16, disciples didn't understand exactly the, what was really going on. And so they were kind of, confused i think about is this what is this what time is this are we going to do something big here is this something about to happen and it was but not exactly what they were thinking right and they connected what was going on here with that prophecy of zechariah and it's interesting you mentioned about lazarus and verse 17 of john chapter 12 therefore the people 
who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. Okay, so why did this crowd really get going? Is because mm-hmm. it says in verse 18, for this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. So the people that were there when Lazarus was called out of the tomb, raised from the dead, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are kind of getting the word out yeah. and again, about the great things that uh, the Lord has done. And ni- in verse 19, we see the backstory of the Pharisees. They're kind of panicking. Uh, you know, their, their little plan and plot is seeming to fall apart. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. They said, uh, well, we're losing our influence. Yeah, we're losing our, our, our grip. power. Yeah. We're losing our grip. They're all going after Jesus, uh, and that was what was the, the big pressure, uh, strife, conflict right there with that marching through the streets with the, the palm branches and the clothing and the don- the clothing on the backs of the donkey and so on the road the, right, is so that the people are worshiping him, excited for him, and the Pharisees are losing their hold on him. That's why I think they really put the pressure on to move this thing along more quickly. Yeah, because the one that they were, they were constantly despising him, challenging him, for the most part, right? There were some exceptions, like Zacchaeus, I mean... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, right. Well, Zacchaeus too. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't, a, Nicodemus wasn't a Pharisee, but he was a tax collector. But anyway, so then, so they're seeing them worship and seeing the crowds, the Pharisees are seeing the crowds worshiping this Jesus who they had despised, who they had tried to kill, well, who they recognized as some, they were thinking that you know, he is some false prophet that we have to get rid of. And then all of a sudden, the people are going after him. They said, man, we're like we've said about two or three different times and here. They're losing control. Yeah, but the interesting thing, that this ride on this donkey was um, he was as he was descending the Mount of Olives, the Mount mm-hmm. of Olivet. And if you look back in Zechariah 14, chapter 14, verse um, 5, he says, um, uh, let's see, oh yeah. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azel. So this mountain valley that was formed was when the earth split on the Mount of Olives, well, when he look, put his foot down the second time he's coming. This is the same exact place. He, the first time he Mount comes in Olives. peace. Yep, yeah, he comes he, in peace with the donkey. He's, he's, you know, he knows what, he knows what's going to happen on that mountain again. He, he, they don't see it. They don't get it at all. Nobody could ever predict it except for Zechariah if they knew that. Well, they knew that you know, the disciples finally connected at, was it after the resurrection they said they connected that, oh, this was a fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9, and we were like there and right a, a part of it. But then, you know, in the, the Mount of Olives, yeah. so he's just coming down on a little donkey so this there, is right? The... So and it says when he returns, it says... Uh, verse uh, 3. Verse 3 of Then Zechariah. the Lord will go forth and fight against the nation. So his second coming at the same place, he shall fight in the day of battle, and in that day his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east mm-hmm. to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north, and half shall move towards the south. Um, and this actually then becomes 
the place of his second return where he's coming this time with his feet touching that mountain and splitting it open. So he is knowing, Jesus is riding the donkey, hearing the praises. They're kind of recognizing he's the son of David. They're still all excited. They, they've got their, 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 their emotion going, their praise going, worship going, children cr- crying out. He, and the rocks even are having a hard time being quiet. He said, well, and the Pharisee says, tell your disciples to shut up. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. said, well, if, if they shut up, the rocks yeah. would even cry out. Yeah. So this was a very powerful moment that was hidden, hidden from the people. And then we see in, in uh, I think it's Luke, where he, he goes on um, after the triumphal entry. It says, and then verse 37 of chapter 19, Luke and as he went, they spread their clothing on the road. Then as he was uh, now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now that's the same thing the angels kind of said. But they said peace on earth and glory, you know, glory to God. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, and he, like you just said, tell them to be quiet. And he answered, if I tell these to be quiet, the stones would immediately cry out. Now he was near to the city, and he wept over it. So when he came to all the end of this, concluding this, he sat at the top of the mountain, looked over Jerusalem, and said, verse um, 42, if you had known, see, they don't know, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things which make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. So they were hidden. They, they couldn't know what they couldn't know. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment, um, embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you in you one stone above another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So in the This mid- was going to happen about, what, 30 or 40 years later? Well, yeah, about uh, 40 years later. In the valley. 70 A.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, was when the Romans came in and just destroyed yeah. and Jerusalem. and this is about 33 A.D., so yeah. 40 years later. Yeah, so it, it's interesting that, okay, so you've got all this. Well, go, going back, just one for a second, okay. one second. The Mount of Olives that was split became the valley passageway that the people from Jerusalem 40 years later were going to have to use to flee. That's where he's talking about in the first part of his Matthew 24 discourse where uh, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, flee, don't go back, don't get a coat, don't do anything. He's actually, t- this, he's prophesying this is going to happen. And that's why he wept because they had, they had no idea what was about to happen to them. So, but the splitting of the mountain is not going to happen, and it didn't happen in 70 A.D. That happened, that's going to happen yet, mm-hmm. right? Well, so I when, believe when another time they're going to have a passageway that they're going to need to escape Jerusalem right. the second time around. Yeah, well, they had, there was an escape The there. first time, yeah. The first time he just said, don't go back into the city. Right, now this is going to be the know, big, when, when the he big returns. Final, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is going to be a... So this is huge, people. We're, we're moving right into this time. Um, we don't know if it's going to be 20 years, 20 minutes, you know, but it's, it's, it's moving right in that direction. Well, you think of Jesus, you know, he's receiving all these accolades and he's thinking, he's recognizing too, no doubt, that in just a few days, they're crying now, Hosanna, yeah. here's the son yeah. of David, blessed yeah. is he who has come in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
and then in a, just a few days, literally the crowds, about three. The crowds yeah. will be crying out, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" However, I don't believe it's the same crowd. It's probably a different crowd, but it's nonetheless a crowd. You know, so the tables are turning very quickly from praise to uh, prosecution. Well, yeah. So you know, there can be some. I think there can be some in the crowd that maybe there were empty praises. They were just getting swept along with the mm-hmm. uh, excitement. And maybe we're crying, crucify him, crucify him later on. But so Jesus is recognizing, though, when he comes down here, he's weeping over the city. Yeah. Because he sees the destruction. He sees, he's he's not just all caught up in the excitement Mm -hmm. of the crowd saying, Or being swept away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's seeing through this. He says, Listen, there's there's dark days coming. Um, He's weeping over the city. He's seeing, he said, You have. What I said, the enemies are coming. He said, you didn't realize mm-hmm. the time and the opportunity you had. And overall, as a city, what what did John uh, say in John chapter 1? He was despised. His own. He came to his own, and his own received him not. And Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, um, he was despised and rejected rejected of men mm-hmm. and so um yes some received him thank god for those who received him but most actually rejected him well kind of the wrap-up of matthew in in the the whole end of the procession before the weeping that and when he had come into jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this mm-hmm. so the multitude of the people said well some said well this is jesus the prophet of nazareth i mean they really yet did not know who he was, I don't believe, because he had only just gently alluded to or slightly revealed himself. And yet some had gotten the revelation through, like Peter, you're the son of God and the various ones, you're the son of David. They were starting to get that revelation, but it wasn't, I don't think, among the masses. It wasn't a uh, a, a moment where everyone was seeing it or understanding it. So we still have, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And we this, don't know who this is. Who and, is this guy? And this is the same question today. People say, yeah. oh, who is Jesus? Who mm-hmm. is he really? Um, you know, and I've gone through this many different times over in John chapter um, 8 and 9. There's all these different opinions. There's probably about 20 there are 25 different opinions of Jesus, mm-hmm. and and most all of them were wrong. Were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. and so and there's still today there's you know opinions about Jesus Christ, but we don't need opinions, you know. We need what what who is he? What is the truth concerning Jesus Christ? Who is the way? He is so the truth. I, it, he is the life. So the next thing that happened is he goes. It's the end of the day. Kind of he goes into the temple, looks around. And it's late. I believe then he comes back in the morning of the next day. That's kind of the way it reads. I don't think he went directly from the from the procession to the temple to clear it out. I don't think so because right. that would have been there. You would there have been too much of a disconnect there. But in, anyway, he went to the temple um, and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers. Uh, and those who and the seats of those who sold doves. So it's interesting. He had done that earlier in his ministry, and he's doing it now again. It so seems like it, it. Yeah, it's like twice he had to do that. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they didn't learn from the first time. Mm-hmm. You know that, that the and basically what was going on is that people were coming for the Passover, and some came right. from a distance, quite a distance, and they were not able to bring a sheep with them or a dove or something like that. 
So what they would do is uh, they'd have to buy uh, a, a sheep for, for a sacrifice, a lamb, and buy uh, a, a dove or something. And these guys in the temple, they figured, hey, we got a good thing going mm-hmm. here. We're going to, we're going to, you know, Gouge you have them. to have it yeah. for the mm-hmm. sacrifice. Yeah. So let's jack up the price, mm-hmm. supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And it gotten to be a corrupt commercial right. enterprise that was going on right in the temple. And that's what Jesus said. Hey, this is, this has got to stop. Well, yeah. And it was, it was like a, um, a den of thieves because they were stealing from the people, uh, under the guise of helping them right. meet their religious obligations. Yes. We'll help you with your obligation yeah. and rip you off at the same time. It's like really. And then it's interesting when he got the, when he got the garbage out, mm-hmm. uh, he says in verse, 14 of Matthew 21 it says then the blind and the lame mm-hmm. came to him in the temple and he healed them so yeah. really he said when he's saying kicking everybody out there that wasn't supposed to be there doing what they weren't supposed to be doing he says you know you made this it, it's supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations right and you've made it a den of thieves Mm-hmm. Uh, it says in Mark, Mark, and when the scribes and the chief priests heard of it, they sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. So after he cleansed the temple, they realized they better do something. This is just going to get out of hand within moments here. And that's why I think they, again, ramped up their intense uh, persecution and, and decided to go after him immediately. And the timing was all God, because God this had to happen on the Passover. So, I mean, because he is the Passover lamb, so it had to, he had to be crucified, sacrificed on the Passover, which, which, which happened. So there was a corrupt decorum that Jesus came to disturb. Just, yeah. And, and, and so then this is... So then... What, what, you know, you think of it today. You know, what, what are we supposed to be doing? Are we just going to have a bunch of uh, empty rituals and, and uh, corrupt rituals or... Is, is the temple of God, the place of God. Now, we're the temple of the living God right, right now. Right, And if there's stuff in us, yes. he wants to kick out the stuff that's bad in us and put in the good stuff in there. And in the same way, too, in our, in our churches, you know, they are to be places where the blind and the lame come to Je- can come to Jesus and be healed. The people that can't see and the people that can't walk are, are, are to be mm-hmm. uh, set free by the power of Jesus. And so... Yes. Um, and so at this point then, we see there's an intensification of the, the confusion, the controversy, the, the correcting, the conflict between the Pharisees. And they're beginning to ask him, who, who are you? And he says, they said, by, by what authority do you do these mm-hmm. things in, in Luke 20? Who gave you permission to do all this stuff? So you see that they're becoming very belligerent. Um and they said, he says, well, you tell me the baptism of John, where was it from, heaven or from men? And they reason, say, well, we can't answer that because he's going to, you know, we're going to get in trouble whichever way we go. So then he says, well, and I can't answer you either. Earlier on, he had told them that his authority came because he knew where he was from. I think that's in the Gospel of John. But so we're seeing now Jesus is proceeding to the, the table, the Last Supper. That is where he eats the Passover. Uh, it, was, it was permitted that you could do it on the eve for those who couldn't do it on the day. But the eve is the day, I mean, because the, the day started at evening. So he actually mm-hmm. ate the Passover on the very, very early part of that 
of that day, which was the evening. And so that's what we call the Last Supper. And at that point in time, he does a whole bunch more teaching. If you look in, I think this is the Gospel of John, where he just goes on and on and on. We have, you know, chapter 13, 14. Well, it starts with 13 because he washes their feet right there. So it has to start there because that's what he did at the Last Supper. So everything after chapter 13 is about what he talked about. We've got uh, John Sin, 14, so, 15, right. being, don't, don't let your heart be troubled, you know, and uh, I'm the vine. All of those teachings came at that supper. Um, and when he did the, he actually instituted the remembrance, the table of remembrance with the, the bread and the wine, body and blood. So this, he did a ton of stuff just right just minutes actually before he was arrested. Then he went into the garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. So we see this as a very intense action packed week that begins with the triumphal entry, but ends with the crucifixion. So Jesus was the Passover lamb. He celebrated the Passover with his disciples. Then he became the Passover. And so Mm -hmm. everything with God is very orchestrated. Everything is very precision and precise as to where it's going to happen the timing is, is impeccable. Even, you know, the, the, the remarkable thing that it's been discovered that Mount Calvary, where Jesus um, was crucified, which we call Calvary, was also known as Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is the exact place where God led Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And the reason God did that was not because God is weird, crazy, and was going insane that day, but was because he wanted Abraham to see and feel what he as the father was going to have to go through when he had to literally go through with the deal and sacrifice his own son. He called Abraham his friend. So in the beginning, God showed the man, Abraham, who he chose out of all the heathen pagan people of the world, chose him to be the father of his na- his nation, his country, his people, the Jews, the, the chosen people, that, that he showed Abraham the sacrifice in, in a pictorial kind of, reenactment, role-playing, whatever, before he's the first guy, he's the first guy that saw this, so it all connects. He saw it, he went through it himself, God stopped him with the hand of mercy from actually killing Isaac. God had no intention of having him kill Isaac. It was only for the purposes of, of Abraham learning what this would mean. But it was also a very sim- symbolic, um, all, everything in the Old Testament is repeated in the New Testament as fulfilled in the New Testament, including this Passover. It's like the old saying is that the uh, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The mm-hmm. New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Mm-hmm. So um, let's, you know, we're looking now at the time where Jesus is returning, okay? We talked about the Mount of Olives. He goes down. Yeah. We went down there on on a donkey as a mm-hmm. sign of peace, um, the king coming in peace. But the next time he comes, he's oh, going to yeah. come as a king, the king a of warrior, kings the, the king Lord of was... kings. Uh-huh. Let me read from Revelation chapter 19, beginning yeah. with verse 11 through verse 16. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, not a donkey, mm-hmm. a white horse, And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. 
He was, he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, stop for just a second. That robe dipped in blood, that is his credentials to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he, his life, he shed his blood. Now the robe is dipped in that very blood that he shed, and that gives him every authority. That's the, authority. the, is, that's the banner, that's the, mm-hmm. the, the champion belt, if you will, that is the the reason he can ride on that horse because of that blood on that robe. He did it. He finished it. He paid the price. Verse 14, And the armies in heaven clothed with fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, Mm -hmm. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is how he is returning. Yes, he came in peace as the Prince of Peace, but now he's coming back as a warrior. He's not coming to, he's not necessarily being, uh, he's not coming at our invitation. Mm -hmm. He's coming as uh, his Hallelujah. revelation of yeah. who he really is. And it's not. And we are to yeah. pray mm-hmm. at the end of Revelation. John says, even so come, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're praying now. We're looking for uh, a savior, a deliverer. And he has come. He's with us now. He's in us now. And he is coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. Just it's amazing. Not, it is not too late for you. If you can hear this message... It is time, it's not too late, but it is time for you to make that decision to know who he is in your own life because there is no way, look at it, if you have a little common sense left or you have any eyes to see anything that's going on out there in the world, who's running it, where they're they're trying to drive it to, to destroy your life, your everything, everything that we thought we had in little peaceful habitations and whatnot, the only thing that will save us now is absolutely the return of Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can fix this mess. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't discourage anybody from looking for a possible momentary reprieve, you know, but ultimately, whether we get a, a momentary re- reprieve politically, whatever, the world is being reaped. It is being reaped by the destroyer who wants to destroy the harvest before Jesus can have it. You and I are called to go into the harvest field to reap the souls, encourage the people. Your only salvation is in the name of the Lord. It's not in medical science. It's not in the medical community. It's not in some great new philosophy or idea or health diet. It is only in Jesus Christ. And so, Father God, we thank you now that this is true and it cannot be stopped. Nothing can stop your return. Nothing can stop what you promised, the the prophecies, the words. Nothing has been able to stop it all of these many hundreds and thousands of years, and nothing can stop it. So we pray right now that those who have been blocked up, locked up, the, the word has been hidden from them, or that you'd open their eyes. We pray that the divine uh, curtains would be pulled back, and people would no longer be blind and bound by what they think, what people say, how they've been taught, what they, what they hear. We will not be deceived. Let us not be deceived by the urgency of the hour. And I pray and I release, you said, whatever you lose, we release the revelation of Jesus Christ to go throughout the earth to bring forth repentance, 
recognition of Jesus Christ and a, a calling to, on him for your salvation. It is not too late for you to be saved. And if you are saved, it is not too late for you to get into the harvest field. You say, well, you don't know how bad off I am. I don't know how bad off you are, but the Lord is with you. He suffers with you. He goes with us through our afflictions. Let this be a time of great uh, relationship building with Jesus Christ in the midst of your waiting, your suffering, your ordeal, in the impossible places where you have been put. Let the Lord come before you, bring you the miracle, bring you the solution. And come and, and I come against the spirit of doubt, unbelief, unworthy, God's not good, don't know what's going to happen. Father God, we loose the Holy Spirit to move mightily in the earth and mightily among this nation and mightily among our families, mightily to, so that people will no longer be divided, half-hearted, not seeing what's going on. And Lord, help us to recognize and worship you as the one and only true King of Kings yes. and Lord of Lords. Praise you, Jesus. And we say, Lord God, work in power. Mm-hmm. Release your power in the earth to set yes. people free, to bring people into peace and joy and liberty in the Spirit of God. And Lord, help us to, Lord, always look for your return. But as we're looking for your return, we're busy occupying. You said, carry on business, do business till I come. Lord, I pray mm-hmm. that, Lord, that you work through every one of us to just to preach the gospel of the kingdom, to Love uh, one set another. captives free, <laughs> yeah. to cast out demons, to heal the sick, raise the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Go about our Father's business. Yes, Lord God. Jesus. Let us be occupying, Un- busy. Yes. Doing in, what you're wanting your us to spirit, do. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. according to just some superficial works, but being led and empowered by your spirit that people everywhere will recognize that you are the true King of Kings. Mm -hmm. You are the true Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord. And check us out at liferecovery.com. Today we're um, uh, featuring our new, uh, just, I think it's almost out there. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. I'm not even sure it's up on the website yet. Go check it out. Dealing with other people's demons. Watch for it. Yeah. Yeah. We had a conference just this weekend. Dealing with it other was, people's demons. It was a powerful, powerful conference. Yeah, you, but you don't want to miss you, it. You can get the, You don't have to have missed it. You can take this You can uh, as get your the teaching option. of it there. Uh, was it? What's Dealing with it? other people's demons. Yeah. Very God, important. Yeah. Very significant. Okay. God, God bless you. God have bless you all. Day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.